Welcome to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. Brought to you by elevatebooks.com. Hello and welcome to another one of our Elevate Podcasts. My name is Benjamin J. Harvey, the Difference Maker Mentor. And once again, we have the pleasure of interviewing an international best-selling author, from the Elevate series. To find out more about them or any of the other authors from the Elevate series, be sure to check out elevatebooks.com where you'll find a bunch of additional information and plenty of highly valuable free resources you can download immediately to further assist you in elevating all areas of your life. Today, we're speaking with Andrew Retty. Now, Andrew has over 40 years experience within a variety of business sectors, the consulting and advisory sector, the commercial sector, including multinational and listed companies, SMEs, and also working with not-for-profits. He's held numerous senior executive roles and recently transformed a Brisbane business, which led to its overseas expansion and sale to a UK-listed company. He is a fellow CPA, CPA Australia mentor, and business coach. The thing is, Andrew is most passionate about sharing exactly what it takes for leaders to effectively reimagine their teams, optimize performance, and create a sustainable, vibrant culture. Andrew works with owners and senior leaders in group settings or one-on-one to develop and build their awareness, mindsets, and leadership capabilities. Every person and business is unique, so their journey and approach is created, not borrowed. Performance is ultimately context dependent. Now, at a macro level, Andrew believes business, given its essential role, is the obvious platform in which to build better leaders to serve our society. By expanding leadership qualities at this level, we can vastly influence our views of performance and sustainability over the long term. Now, something you may not know is Andrew is actually passionate about the sport of rowing. And he loves nothing more than exploring the world with his wife and daughter. So please join me in welcoming to the show, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm very well. I, I know you're one of these people that consistently puts in the extra effort. I mean, I, I definitely class you as, as a one percenter. And I also know that for someone like you, there's so many things that you you take leadership roles in. What I'm most interested in always, whenever I speak to anybody, it's like there's a million things that you can go out there and specialize in. You have chosen the idea of leadership and you've you've pretty much taken it as you know as far as it can go in a career. What, why how, how do you get to that topic? What, what makes you land on leadership? I guess landing on leadership is just not something that just pops out of somewhere. It develops over time. And I think that's been my life, lifelong, I guess, discovery. Um, as, a, as a young child, I was always curious about, you know, what made the world tick, what made things move. I looked at uh, the world in kind of a sense of wonder. And as a philosophical perspective, you go, wow, this, this is this, this thing called life that we have is just absolutely amazing. So how do we ring, how do we ring it out and get the most out of it? It was, you know, a compelling question. And as a, you mentioned, I enjoy rowing, but that's a, there's a competitive element within me. And I think within most of us, we all want to do, be, you know, have more, and we need to stretch and do things for that. So we've got to pedal 
on that on that journey to you know attain as much as we can to wring as much out of life as we possibly can so my early childhood um was in a different country and i traveled a lot with my parents so i got to see the world as, at a young age and by the time i was my mid mid-teens i'd lived in three different countries and that that shaped me in a certain sense mm -hmm. that when you go to unfamiliar places you have to step back and you have to look and watch because you want to take it in you got to see how you fit what goes on and how do you make sense of it so at an early age you know into my formative years i'm asking the questions what makes all of this work how do i get the most of it what are other people doing what are their patterns so there's a curiosity i guess which was really the, the key driver um when I returned to Australia, I then got on with career development and you get into the social patterns of, you know, what do you need to do to, to progress? And early in my career, I was working with a great company and um, they put on some, that was just mandatory to put on courses. And they put a course on called New Age Thinking. It's by a group called the Pacific um, Institute. And I think they still exist. And that was New Age Thinking was the early insights into conscious mind and the unconscious mind and that how that drove us mm. so to me it was brand new information it was fascinating and it was an inward look as to what makes you perform and of course that just that just exploded into a different perspective on everything that was happening around me who i was what i was doing and and how we as people interacted so um i was just again i was just super curious about that the company was fantastic because it was at the right time of my career to ask business questions. Its number one value at the very time I saw that and participated in that course was respect the individual. And those were just those are just words. They were actions, processes, systems in the business that elevated the individual, the individual counted, not just as a tool to be used, but to be respected and, and, and supported to maximize what they did. So I was in the perfect place um, to, um, to sort of open my mind to all of that. So that, but that began my journey and that's where my passion began. Mm. My I mean, career continued, right? And I just explored more and more of that, that, uh, that, um, that perspective. Now, I know you've been doing this for, for 40 years, you've been working this space of leadership and creating some incredible transformations. So, I'm always curious to find out what is it that makes a, a great leader? What, 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 it, what are the traits that, that we look for in a leader? So I think this is where today we are, we are and I'll answer your question in a second. I just need a bit of, back, bit of background. The, um, today we're, there's so many definitions of leadership, like so many of the other words. You know, a leader is this, there are styles, there's all kinds of language around around leadership. And to me, I try and simplify it down to what is leadership versus the other activities and modes that we're in. So if you have leadership and your management, there's a very clear distinction in the business. So um, in trying to define that and simplify it for myself, I said, well, there's a guy called Jim Clemmer, Jim Clemmer group from Canada, who defined it very clearly for me. You know, management is the ways of doing and leadership is the ways of being. Now people will say, well, what does that mean? It's all about your, I wouldn't say soft skills, your human skills. It's how you move people. 
So you do things as management and you work with people as a leader. So the characteristics of a leader to me come down to the ability to work with lead, which is obviously a process of taking people in a certain direction, influence, give direction, give vision, give purpose and support people along this journey of where they're going. Of course, the context is different in business. It's about achieving certain business you know, goals and purposes. In a rowing club, it's about how you perform, you know, as a team or a, a crew and what you get out of it, what, what the club gets out of it. So it's bringing people on a journey, helping them enjoy that journey and grow in that journey. So for me, having clear vision and purpose, understanding humanity and actually being a, of service to people so they can be the best they can be. It's not about you, it's about them. That's what a leader does. And then takes and helps people to support them on their journey. Everybody's on a different, this is where people are unique. Everybody's different. There are commonalities and patterns, but we need to help people move along. And that is what I think a good, co a good leader does, is takes people at their pace in the direction that they want to go together with the total, total group for a purpose. So it's this being versus doing concept. I know, I know you talk about that actually in this incredible book that you've put together, this Elevate Your Performance. And I, I, I know in there you discuss a lot about these different levels. And I, I, I guess for the listeners out there, what is it that they're potentially unconscious or not aware of that can actually be impacting their ability to lead? What would you say are the things that they are often not aware of? And I'll, 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 I'll borrow one of your phrases and your quotes, Ben. You know, I think where people fall down often is that they don't really understand themselves. They don't know themselves. They're very externally focused. The world is out there. They're very focused on that. And they don't spend enough time really learning about themselves and, and looking at and being authentic to themselves. And so they, they don't end up loving themselves. They don't love themselves, so they grapple with who they are. And this is a defeating kind of cycle. But we protect ourselves from that process. We are very externally focused. <clears throat> so knowing that people, knowing or acknowledging that people are externally focused, we've got to stop and ask ourselves, when we are being somebody, who, who are we being? Well, we have to be our unique self. To be our unique self, we have to understand the levels of reality that exist around that. Now, the three levels of, of reality would make perfect sense if they were taught to people and then they could separate their views and thoughts at those kind of levels. It's just a framework really just to sort of say, okay, um, how do I relate to these things? So the first level of reality uh, and, and we would all understand it, that the universe was created long, long before we were. All the laws of the universe have trans have progressed over time to develop life. Life was on planet Earth before we were, the complexity of life, and so on. So humans had nothing to do with that. So we have to respect that all that exists without us. Now that comes with its own rules and its own science and its own thinking, things that we're trying to still understand. That's so the, I just want to just I'm gonna take that in for a second. I I've had a lot of philosophical people say a lot of philosophical things but that's quite profound when, when you when you actually just sit for a second and you let that sink in that's like i've actually i've never had someone say that 
so profoundly <laughs> before because you're right there was life on this planet long before any human was walking around that is deep that has hit me at a at a level that is got some real depth to it nice that's a really that's a nice i like i like your style i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i was just like that's like it's a really i don't know for me that's a big realization to to think of it that way you know to just sit for a moment and just meditate on the fact that far out long long before humans there was there was life here having you know doing all right we <laughs> we, we tend to forget that because we live in the moment, right? And, mm. and uh, we forget about the entire process of how we got here. Mm. The physical, the things that we were not in control of. Yeah. So that, that transcends into, we, got to under, we are still learning. How does that affect our health? How does that affect our longevity? How, you know, we all understand the consequences of ignoring gravity, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we hurt ourselves. So every level of reality comes with a sense of ignoring the rules, some of which we know and some of which we don't know, and there are consequences. So isn't it, it, should, it should be sensible to understand as many of those rules as possible in a very objective way. And I, I respect all the scientists who work on this. I love watching cosmology and the physics and you know um, quantum physics. I'm not, a, I'm not a scientist, but I just love where they're going with all that because it's just fascinating. It's helping my understanding of the level, first level of reality. The second level of reality is one that we're that we can understand because humanity um, became civilized, and through that whole civilization and history, we have created a whole lot of rules around how society works. Now, that's very complicated and varied because every culture, every continent, every country, there are so many different social contexts that that we need to comprehend. We live in our own, we think that's the way it is, but we travel and we see that many other cultures and other you know, peoples all around the world have got a different sense of what that looks like, what's appropriate, what's not. And we, we can look at who lives on what side of the railway line, what clothes you wear, if you're fashionable. These are all social rules. Now, some of those social rules, like driving the wrong side of the road, come with consequences. There are other consequences that if you don't behave a certain way, you, you know, has an impact, has an impact on the way things happen. So that's our second layer. Now, again, the second layer of society is complicated and messy. And I think that most people spend their conscious life in that space. Mm. The next layer, and if you look at the first two layers, they existed before you and I were born, right? There's a whole history there. So the last layer is our own level of, of reality. When we step into our own world, our own world is, you know, formed, shaped um, through our parents and our imprinting and our society, our education and traumas and problems and stories and all those things that we put in our own heads and are influenced to us. So we have to own that as our own. That's our reality. It doesn't mean it relates perfectly with any of the other two realities and um, just acknowledging that we make up our own stories and those are influenced the consequences for those that level of reality for individuals is massive because if you don't understand that 
you are not going to connect very well or very well, whatever the context may be, to the other levels of reality. So you have to own you. You have to own the society that you're in and understand it. And you have to understand that there's a, a fundamental reality that's something we're still learning about. So it, it allows you to see things at different levels. And so, so once we have an understanding of these different levels, what, what should we be most focused on, on this third level and uh, attempting to, to do what? Like if I'm sitting at home and I'm like, all right, I, I want to, I don't know, take control of my scenario and create a better future for myself and I want to be a greater leader, I want to have a more empowering team and a better culture and I want to perform and have greater productivity and, and obviously, you know, generate profits and all, all the, the the list is endless. Yeah, yeah. What, what do I do next? What's the, the next step for me? First of all, is like anything, you need to be aware that, that, that you are a big factor in everything that happens to your life, right? And, and if you just focus on what happens, you know, at the next level, which is society, society will determine your, your destiny, society, then the forces there, you have a significant part. So you have to start with you. And that's why if you don't, I guess the, the journey of personal development is an inward journey. And the things that you can control, be it the language, the discussions in your head, the way you see things, all those things you need to own. You need to be very critical and open-minded about how you might look at whether those are effective for you or not effective for you. And can you do that by yourself? I'd say certain people can do a good job of that, but you really normally need someone to help you. And that is where you need good friends, mentors, coaches, other people to help you see what you don't see because we've all got blind spots. Well, and what you, oh no, go on, sorry. sorry. That's all right, go ahead. I was going to say, with, with all the leaders you've worked with over the years, what, what are the most common things that they, if they're not being effective, if they're not getting the results, if they're, they're not creating a productive culture that performs, if they are, you know, not out there managing correctly, having those leadership competencies, what, what is it that lets down leaders? Most of the time, leaders, um, in my experience, will focus on what they want. Mm. So, and, and the fallback to that is really then can be then management disciplines, which are about linear processes and things that say, this is what I, the outcome is what I want. And we're going to go back to these management disciplines and look at things in a very, you know, linear, progressive manner, which is not what humans do. And that's not the way to encourage people to take responsibility and to grow. So where I think most leaders fall, well, we'll call them, we'll call them owners of businesses and executives at this stage. If they want to take on leadership. They've got to be thinking about helping other people and they have to come second. Their job is to elevate people. So together, the people and the teams elevate the entire performance. Oh, when, you're there, when you're there, just getting what you want, you're not looking at the people. You're looking at the process. You're looking at the things, the steps, the outcomes, all of which are, you know, ignoring the people. Got it. So it's really about people first. So if I wanted to change the culture in my company today, and I'm I'm on my way to work listening to this podcast, uh, 
what do I do when I arrive? What, what would you ask me to do differently to get my culture back to performing and being productive? Well, it's, it's, it's a pretty broad question. Um, I don't know what you're doing that's not working at the moment, but just in general, um, you've got to engage with people. If you're going in there just commanding and directing, do this, yeah. do, do that, you're not listening. You're not conversing. You're not, you're taking on the hero, you know, leader kind of mantle. You're the center of all knowledge and information, and you certainly cannot be. In today's world, you, you know, there's just too much, too much complexity, too much other things going on and you won't succeed. So you're actually defeating yourself. So that's without knowing the specifics, but if you don't work with people and harness their energy, their drive, their enthusiasm, their passion and provide a, a good purpose for them that aligns with their personal purpose, you're going to be bumping into things all the time. So harness your people, I guess, is the, 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 the crux of all that. Mm. Yeah, I remember I spoke with a, a leader once from a big manufacturing plant and he shared with me that he would often walk the factory floor and he would explain to, you know, the people that are working on, say, the conveyor belt, you know, assembling this thing to this sporting good. And he would constantly reconnect them to the bigger picture. He would explain how this wheel going on this scooter leads to this product that leads to this child that's got a big grin on their face. It's, it, it was this constant uh, connecting the people to the bigger vision. I thought it was quite interesting because, you know, I often question what is a leader and I like the way you say it's about harnessing the people because when you said that, it made me think of this guy and I'm like, that's all this guy did. Like he wasn't doing something magical behind the scenes. He was literally on the floor of the factory day in, day out, having genuine conversations, making sure that people understood that, that even though they may be this small cog in a bigger wheel, that they understood the bigger wheel constantly. And he was quite brilliant at um, keeping people engaged from that perspective. So I like what you're saying there. It's about harnessing the people. And you're also saying that he's really connecting all the individuals to that purpose. So the purpose is who you serve, right? No business exists without serving somebody yeah. and a group of people. So if you don't understand who you're serving and what it means to them, then you are missing the point and, and they'll eventually get it and go somewhere else where they get that connection. So product, so, you know, all the things that we do are to create a, a service, a value for somebody else. And you've got to keep reminding people of that because when you're in a mechanical process, which is what these people were doing, that you can easily, mind goes wandering and you lose sight of what you're doing, why you're doing it. And of course, when there's a space there, lots of questions come rolling in about how it might be this or that. And, and you know, keeping people, people engaged with their purpose um, is very, very important and making it emotional because at the end of the day, if there's no emotion, there's no charge, there's no energy. Mm. I know you've spent a lot of time learning about this and studying and you've spent a fortune on your own education along the way. What would you say is, you know, one of the most interesting things that you, you ever learned about this concept of leadership? What, what stood out for you when you learned it? You're like, you know, yeah, that, that, was, that was a game changer. What was the, I guess the, the question is to me, is it, well, the most 
compelling thing that I've learned is that you can't lead other people unless you can lead yourself. Yeah. Let's go to let's go to the the fundamental element of leadership, which is trust. Everybody says that trust is important, and of course it is. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, debating it. I'm just saying it's a very important element. So trust. How can you trust other people more than you can trust yourself? Mm. And if you don't work on building better trust with yourself, it's not going to translate into other other people towards other people. It will be a fundamental in your relationship at work as it will be a fundamental in your relationship outside work. Mm. So if you're not working on yourself, developing the things that matter, and you have to want that. It's, you know, I, I think that the other thing is that there are many people saying you should learn this skill and this competency. Great, great, great. But if there's no meaning to it for you, it'll be half-hearted. It has to be a passion for you. It has to be something that you want to do to fulfill your identity. And if you're not doing that and you think you have to, I guess you're going to give it a half, half-hearted effort. And oh, that's, um, that's quite a deep concept, actually, that leadership is based on trust. And if you don't trust yourself, how do you, you know, generate that, that trust with others? I think that's quite a, a profound thought. I've never really thought of it from that perspective before. I, I know a lot of uh, people out there that are listening and they, they want to reach out to you. And I know you've got some different ways in doing that. I know most people tend to reach out with you through LinkedIn and it, it's probably the most you know, efficient way of, of, of getting in contact with you. And I know you uh, regularly speak to people about their leadership requirements inside their businesses and you, you create strategies that they can execute. And um, I know you've spent a lot of time helping businesses to uh, through the services that you provide, you know, you, you help them in developing their skills, you help them in developing their competencies, you help them, you know, to be able to lead more effectively, to be able to manage more effectively. But I also know that you spend a lot of your time helping businesses and organizations develop that productive culture that that performs and performs at a, at a very high level. And so just for the listeners out there, I, I would recommend that you do visit uh, Andrew's website. He's got one, uh, 4a1.com. So it's F-O-R-A-Y-O-N-E.com. And I know that on that website, there is a, there's an option there where people can click a, click a button and actually book in to have a discussion with you. So you can actually find out if there is actually a match there. And I know uh, you've recently launched this incredible uh, website as well, businessleadersroundtable.com.au, businessleadersroundtable.com.au where people can find a raft of, of very beneficial information as well. I would just say it's important if you're listening in right now and you do want to improve your leadership skills, you, you, you really have to stop what you're doing and just reach out and connect with Andrew. Because, mate, I know you've got over 40 years of experience doing this and, and the results really do speak for themselves. What, what I want to find out, if, if there's kind of like, you know, your one big tip or the one big idea or the sound bite grab takeaway moment of the podcast around leadership what do you, what do you want to tell everyone out there what, what's the message what's the thing what is it well i think we all have to start with ourselves so let's uh, let's let's recognize our own kind of reality here and, uh, and i'll leave people with this thought think about the questions you ask yourself because we are we are question answering machines 
We spend all day. If you just reflect on it a little bit, what do I do here? How do I do this? Who's this? We're, we're full of questions all day long. And those questions determine the kind of answers we give ourselves and things that we do, the actions we take. So a good place to start for anybody is to ask themselves, what kind of questions am I asking myself? Then ask yourself the kind of questions and the, sorry, the answers that I'm giving myself, are they really useful for me? Are they effective for me? Or are they actually counterproductive? Mm. And just by, ref just by changing some of these questions, this self-speak, this the thing that goes on all day long, all night, you know, all, you know, every day, um, we can start to make a change in the direction we take. And I'd encourage people to start there mm. as a part of their journey of more effective leadership. Beautiful. I was going to say, if, if you want to jump on LinkedIn and track down Andrew, it's Andrew Retty, and I'll spell it. It's, it's Andrew, obviously, A-N-D-R-E-W. And then Retty is R-E-T-T-I-E. And uh, you can find him on LinkedIn there. But again, 4a1.com or businessleadersroundtable.com.au. Andrew, uh, my key takeaways, you know, it sounds to me like all leadership is self-leadership by the sounds of it. And it's really being able to trust yourself and being able to understand that it's really about harnessing the, the people that you're around and and putting that focus onto them. So uh, they're the big takeaways for me. Mate, I just want to say thank you so much. Congratulations on your best-selling book, by the way. It's been a, it's a sterling achievement, mate, this Elevate Your Performance. And uh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I think the listeners got a real uh, lot of value out of it. My pleasure indeed. Thank you. You're welcome. And again, if you want to find out more about Andrew, you can do so by visiting elevatebooks.com forward slash authors. And always remember, giving yourself permission to do what you love is the key to elevating all areas of your life. And until we meet again, share your light, live your love, and do whatever it takes to be your own best friend. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. For more information, visit www.elevatebooks.com.